The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Kurt. Welcome back to Farlands or Bust, episode 634 for Thursday. I almost said Saturday. <laughs> for Thursday, Saturday the 22nd. No, for Thursday, December 22nd, 2016. As we exit the last episode's hidey hole, grab Wolfie, and uh, that's east. This is west. That's right. At the end of the last episode, couldn't find a place that was facing west. So we faced east, and just as anticipated, it confused me. <laughs> it confused me at the start of this episode. But uh, there's no confusion in the fact that we're up to 77% of our Child's Play charity fundraiser goal of $60,000 this season. This is season 6 of Farlands Bust. Currently at $46,207 raised for that cause. Getting toys, books, games to kids in hospitals around the world. Very much appreciated your continued support. Over there at farlandsorbust.com is where you can donate. I've been informed. I've been informed that cake, the Minecraft cake, is indeed craftable in this version of the game and was actually added to Minecraft Beta 1.2. I've just never crafted a cake. I've never even bothered. I've never crafted a cake in the current versions of Minecraft. It seems unnecessarily complicated. It requires milk, milk, milk. I don't even have three buckets. It requires milk, 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 sugar, egg, sugar, and then wheat, wheat, wheat. I have the wheat, wheat, wheat. Sugar, sugar, sugar might be uh, easy to come by, perhaps. But the egg, I don't even know that I've ever even hung out long enough around some chickens to see an egg, which is why I questioned whether or not an egg was actually an item, because I thought maybe they added eggs for the the animal breeding side of things when they added baby animals, but I I guess they reverse-engineered it to... for the egg to be a throwable object, and then upon chance of striking a surface, the egg hatches a tiny tiny baby chicken. Of course, you can normally breed chickens regardless, which is kind of a strange biological defect there. They can lay eggs, or they can just give birth to fully grown baby chickens. Weird, weird biologicals? Weird biology going on there. But, uh, yeah, we might have to, uh, we might have to bake a cake at some point here. We need a reason, though. We need a reason to bake a cake. Not sure what that reason would be. Definitely, probably the the end of the the series here, season, the end of the season when we raise that sixty thousand dollars. That seems like a good enough idea to bake a cake. I don't even see that many chickens. <laughs> the 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 wildlife is is sparingly placed around this world. We're getting so far from zero zero that the chances of life are diminishing. With every block we... No, there's not, that's not really a thing that happens, I don't think. I don't think there's any relation to that. See, like right here, we can get milk. 
I don't want to get milk, but we could. We would need a third bucket. So a possibility indeed. A possibility indeed. But yeah, we're continuing on to the Far Lands. I wanted to point out really quick, and I hope they don't mind, but... I have a, a, a Farlander on Twitter sent me a, uh, not a, not a, not a message, but a, a mention where they got their first tattoo. So they've, <laughs> my own fans are beating me to the tattoo initiative. They got their first tattoo and they got it as the Voyager Pulsar map that was on the Golden Record. The Pulsar map is kind of a, a map of nearby pulsars and the appropriate radio waves that they emit that would theoretically give in anybody, anybody, any intelligent species that were to intercept the golden record, the location of our star, our sun, based on the surrounding pulsars, if they also know what pulsars are, and then it gives also a little map of how to how to time a pulsar based on the the uh, the the wavelengths of a hydrogen atom, the 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 orbit of a hydrogen atom, uh, the the electron around the hydrogen atom. Is that right? Is that wrong? Proton, electron. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> These this is all fundamental physics, chemistry, biology stuff that I've I've long since forgotten. But, uh, yeah, it looked like a really cool tattoo, and I mentioned a while ago that I think that would be a cool idea for a tattoo, and now that I see it literally on the flesh, uh, it, uh, it, it makes me want one even more. So I've got this full list of tattoos that I'm procrastinating, ever getting. Just, just add that to the list, so that was really cool to, uh, to see that. That was from, uh, Bio at, which is a name I recognize, I, I probably from... Child's Play charity donations, or maybe just in the comments, or Twitch, or something. That's it's it's a it's a Farlander I recognize. So that was really cool to see. It's it's quite a a cool and kind of stark design, which I'm kind of all about. Indeed. So yeah, I'll have to we'll have to work on that. Getting getting that tattoo initiative up and running. Gotta. <laughs> Gotta figure out the rest of my life first. Uh, oh man, so I'm never getting a tattoo is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, man. So yeah, let's actually get to uh, answering some questions from donors to Child's Play Charity. An anonymous donor asks, How do you try to live your life more sustainably? Or how would you like to live more sustainably? Hopefully, something more interesting than turning off some lights. True. Well, that's that's a part of it. I've recently switched a lot, if not the majority of the lights in my home that I use most often. I've switched them to the LED lights, uh, which use far less energy than even the CFL lights. So I've done that. Um, sustainably, I don't drive a lot. I know some people who track their driving and kind of give themselves a a carbon footprint budget. 
that they don't want to exceed. I've known people to do that. I think I drive little enough as it is where that would be a little bit negligible. I don't have a commute or anything. I don't go out too often. Um, so I think that would be somewhat negligible. I think a lot of where it comes from also is uh, just like consumables and stuff. I try not to buy too many things that I don't need, even as far as like clothing is concerned. You don't want to... I've tried not to purchase from places that you know, perhaps utilize abusive worker uh, situations. Try to avoid, try to avoid manufacturers of, of fast fashion, as it's sort of known. Places where clothes are made in countries or locations that don't have safe worker laws and things like that. Uh, which, you know, of course, also all the shipping that goes around, uh, you know, if, if you're ordering something made in the USA, it's there's not that much distance, not that much carbon footprint of getting that clothing item to you versus something that's made in Bangladesh or something like that. There's shipping containers involved and ships and planes and cargo, and uh, you got to kind of add that into the to the overall cost of the garment. I was also, this is, here's a question. I have a bunch of clothes that either don't fit me anymore or I just don't want to own anymore. And I would normally just donate the clothes to, like, Goodwill or something like that. But having looked up, looked up in the, uh, the researching of things, a lot of places like that, particularly Goodwill, when you donate, yeah, sure, you can drop off a bag of old clothes. But the vast majority of those clothes, they end up just bundling up and selling by the pound in shipping overseas to places like South America, different countries. Uh, I forgot the name of them, but then these countries have these, like, markets where uh, there's a specific name to these markets, just kind of open-air markets, and there's these certain vendors or whatever who are those who buy clothing from, you know, America or whatever, by the pound that were donated to, say, Goodwill or something, uh, and then sell them to the people there in the market. And that's why you can see a lot of, you know, you'll often find a lot of uh, people wearing branded clothing from America, sports teams and whatever, simply because these are clothes that have been uh, used and donated to charity shops in the United States that just end up literally packing them into pallets and shipping them by the pound somewhere else. I'd like to avoid that. That seems unnecessarily uh, environmentally unhealthy. Um, so, suggestions in the comments, maybe. Let's go to sleep. And awakeness. And a continuing on this. So yeah, I don't know if they're, they're it, it just might not be a sustainable thing for anywhere to exist where you can donate clothes where they wouldn't just up, turn around, and ship them across the oceans and across the the world to somewhere else to be to be sold literally by the pound. Might 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 have some research to do there, and I've been kind of. I think Goodwill does 
so well and is so well known as a charity shop because it's so easy to just drive up with a truck bed or whatever and drop it off and then they give you a sheet and oh there's your tax deduction or whatever but i've 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 frequently read not great things about goodwill stores uh, whether or not it be about the charity clothes shipping around you know the world and stuff like that uh, also their employment practices using certain certain laws to employ perhaps disabled or, or handicapped people oh we're giving you know they say oh we're giving jobs to these handicapped people but because they're a charity shop they can work around minimum wage laws and they end up paying these people less than minimum wage just a lot of huh, which, which is why you gotta you gotta check out the charity navigator website look up the charities you're you're donating to this holiday season or whether or not they be actual items or or clothes or or, or, or money or, or you know those little bell ringers on the outside of shops gotta look up what their policies are and what sort of things that they support or don't support or, or are anti this or gotta gotta be gotta be conscious of such things as these there's a chicken Lay an egg, you screw. Lay an egg. I guess I don't hang around long enough for them to lay an egg. We've learned in Minecraft Bingo, if I can suddenly change the topic, we've learned in Minecraft... Oh, there's another chicken. Oh, here's a whole bunch of chickens. Lay some eggs. We've learned in Minecraft Bingo that there's pretty much a timer. It might be like an eight-minute timer or a nine-minute timer or a minimum amount of ticks game in-game ticks that pass before a chicken can lay a single egg and pretty much once that time surpasses they all lay eggs at the same time because that minimum amount of time has passed much like the i'm sure it's much like the the rain the weather timer in the game so i don't i think we'd have to like hang around an entire an entire minecraft day to wait for one of these chickens to lay an egg We've always, we've got a place to go, people to see, things to do, my, uh, far lands to to get closer to. We never hang around chickens long enough to see the eggs. Oh, this was a very bountiful tree. A lot of little saplings. We will replant. Yeah, there was you know, another one up there. But carrying on to the far lands. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. That that is definitely. An interesting, uh, living sustainably is an interesting thing to ponder in these these current times. I mean, you can go even as far as, like, if you are lucky enough to have money <laughs> and you invest that money in the stock market is looking to invest in companies that have sustainability guidelines and, and, and you know, are sustainable environmental have have certain uh, practices and, and people on their board that are concerned about these things um, yeah I don't have I've I don't invest in things so I don't know I, that's that's beyond my capabilities um, so yeah there's a lot you can do I suppose there's a lot you can do indeed in regards to that certainly certainly worth trying out and and yeah there's consumer practice is is a small slice of that pie 
as far as environmentalism, sustainability, a lot of it goes towards industry and and even, you know, the public sector looking at all these different uh whether or not they be laws that need to be passed, or, or what kind of streetlights a city decides to put up versus another kind, and, and what impact that has on 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 on, on nature, and, and blah blah blah. There's so many. It's, it's very complex, which I guess is why a lot of people tend to blank out on it. People people like simplicity, and when when certain things get a little bit too complex, they 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 seem to lose focus. Focus is lost. Must like I feel like I've lost focus. <laughs> on the topic and what I was trying to talk about. So in that case, let's move on to the next question from a donor from NATO. Number one, have you ever considered turning your smooth radio voice towards voice acting or even audiobooks? I know you don't read per se, but it would. But if it were a pr- for a purpose, would it be more palatable? Um, honestly, that's what a lot of people told me pretty much throughout my entire life. I had this voice, like, when I was 13. <laughs> like, it happened, it, it, there was quite a, a shift to the deep Kurt J. Mack voice, and, and honestly, having heard that over and over and over again, I was also a, I worked in a catalog call center for a summer, and pretty much every day, one or more people would tell me that I had a good radio voice or, or call center voice or whatever. So just hearing that over and over is one of the many reasons why I decided to give this whole broadcasting YouTuber video game commentary thing a try because it was a form of broadcasting. I considered trying to get into radio. Radio is a difficult thing to get into. Certainly, since it's a bit of a dying medium, I suppose. So yeah, I feel like I already do do something with the smooth radio voice of Kurt Jamak. Certainly not the best, and I'm certainly not the most uh, uh, talented. There's a lot of practice and even learning to be done to be like an actual proper broadcaster voice. And I'm just winging it here, and I've been winging it for the last five and a half years. But yeah, I haven't, uh, I'm not really into acting too much. I did a, I did that one thing a while ago for that uh, YouTube channel. What was it? <laughs> I forgot already. Um, where I did some voice acting for their little uh, series, their little like Minecraft Machinima series. Um, I don't think I, that that would require a different skill set. Acting is a different thing entirely than broadcasting or doing what I'm doing right now or Twitch or whatever. Audiobooks? I... That seems like another, like, reading. I'm not reading right now, other than the questions, but, like, I'm just saying things off the top of my head. Reading is a completely different skill entirely. That seems like it would be super difficult. And that probably comes across when I try to, like, read something on the video game screen or subtitles or or captions or something like that. Reading is, is is difficult. Reading is hard. So yeah, not not really anything I've of particular interest in pursuing. NATO has another question. What would your 2016 game of the year be? What 27 games, 2017 games have piqued your interests? 
2017 games? It's really hard to, to for me to know when games come out, because there's like, oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to Astroneer. But it's already been released in early access. Do we count a game's year based on when they are, quote-unquote, fully released out of alpha or beta? So yeah, I'm looking forward to the continued development of Astroneer. I'm looking forward to... Uh, I'm not sure. Like I said, I, don't, I, I think I've been asked this question already. Um, and it's always... I don't really follow that many big blockbuster titles. AAA, quote-unquote, games. To really have a list worked out in my head. And I'm sure there's stuff that I've seen is coming out, or should be coming out, that I'm just blanking on right now. Just because I'm like, oh, that'll be neat. And I add it to my Steam wishlist. Or, I'm, like, I'm sure I'll hear about that again, so I'm not really going to like remember it. Yeah, looking forward to th that game just getting more developed, I suppose. Top 2016 games? I, mm, I, and again, I didn't play many games. You know, like the top games for a lot of people are Shadow... Or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, The Last Guardian, um, or like the Gears of War game, or, you know, whatever Overwatch top titles have come out. Uh, I really enjoyed... And was really surprised by Abzu, that, that underwater game by the makers of Journey. Um, I really enjoyed Inside, which it of itself is a lot on the top of a lot of like, ooh, the best indie game was Inside or, or whatever. That was that was an enjoyable experience. And one of those completely unique ones. Was was Dirt Rally 2016? Because <laughs> it, it had its separate kind of console full release. But I've been playing it for far more than that. Dirt Rally is a good racing game. Um, and there's even ones I'm sure I'm forgetting again. Not the best of memories here. Not the best of memories indeed. And I'm only... I'm only speaking on, on behalf of what I felt was a game I enjoyed. And I didn't play enough games. I didn't really play too many games. I was a little bit distracted this past year. So maybe I did just simply didn't have as much experience as perhaps others could have to make a more reasonable full list of top 2016 games. Let's go to sleep. And awakeness. How about Minecraft? <laughs> Minecraft can simply be added every year to a game because it pretty much reinvents itself every year. Got a completely new combat and almost like a whole new game this past year with the updates for that. Some people didn't like it, some people did, but it's still one of the top selling games. Which is crazy to me. It's like, doesn't everybody already own Minecraft? But then they're releasing on all these different platforms, and... Ooh, that's weird. There's there's strange water underneath that ice. So yeah, that's a, that's a difficult... Uh, that's a difficult question to answer. X-Keys Core Node asks, If you had to be in an accident, would you prefer it be on a boat or in an airplane? Well, this is rather morbid now, isn't it? <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. 
how would you like to die? <laughs> um, I'm assuming by saying if you were in an accident that we survive this accident. It's just whether or not it be a plane accident or a boat accident. Um, I'm assuming we're looking at the extremes. So if it's a boat accident, you're probably stranded at sea. Uh, if it's a plane accident, you might be stranded on land somewhere. Fighting to survive, I'm assuming. Or is it versus falling out of the air versus drowning in the ocean? Is that your question? Um, I'm not sure. I feel like having traveled on planes enough, I probably know the emergency procedures a lot more than I do for boating. Uh, I'm not sure of the emergency procedures for boating or being stranded on a desert island. Although I suppose you could be in a plane accident and still be stranded on a desert island. So there's there's a little bit of overlap there as far as more chickens. Lay some eggs. Lay some eggs. Why do you not lay any eggs? <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I would probably say airplane, simply because I know I've had it, and that's the reason. A lot of people ask, geez, you know, I've been on so many plane rides, why do, why do they keep saying the emergency procedures over and over and over again? Why do they tell us about the masks over and over and over again, you know? It's so that it is ingrained in your mind. <laughs> if you are a frequent plane traveler, you will now have it almost... You know, hopefully, in a moment of panic, you don't forget, but you should, as a passenger, have those procedures drilled into your head enough where it, it, it should, when, when, when the stuff goes down, literally, uh, it should be second nature to you, um, because those, those few moments certainly do count as important uh, things. So yeah, I would, I would probably say airplane, just because I'd be more prepared with the procedures. I think the one thing they don't drill into people's heads enough, and you always see this when like a plane skids off a runway or an engine catches fire and something like that and you have to evacuate, people evacuate, is you always see people taking their bags, their carry-on bags with them when they're evacuating the plane. Leave your frickin' bags. Leave your bags. Just leave it. <laughs> that That is like the difference between life and death, is trying to lug your luggage, trying to save your four days worth of clothing or whatever, while trying to exit a burning aircraft. I should probably do a little bit of a job in the event of an evacuation. Leave everything behind. But yeah, I guess that's kind of a... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps not the most important of things to have been drilled into your head during plane travel. But anyway, let's think about some more lighter topics. From Trake. I was wondering if you had any interests in puzzle cubes, Rubik's cubes and the like, or do you like any puzzles in particular, be they physical or on paper? Hmm. Not so much. Not so much. I can't remember the last time I used or attempted to solve a Rubik's Cube. I've never solved a Rubik's Cube. I give up way too easily, so that might give you a brief 
introduction to how much patience I have for puzzles. Even those ones that are at, like, always at, like, really silly uh, tourist traps and gift shops, those, like, here's two nails that have been bent together, try to separate them. I'm like, it's got to be something simple. How do I, you know, it's not force. You can't bend these things. You know, there, there's some simple geometry here that I'm missing, and I just get frustrated, and I'm like, well, never mind. No thanks. I will not be participating in this puzzle. I'm also not into paper puzzles, crossword puzzles, Sudoku. I'm not, you know, those are like math puzzles. Those, like, involve some sort of comprehension of math or thinking or reason. I have none of those skills. <laughs> Um, so I'm thinking, the one thing I did like was, I don't know if any of you have ever seen the, uh, the puzzle with the, uh, the golf tees. It's like a triangle with certain rows and columns of, of golf tees. Golf, or what are those, are those, those are called, those are called tees, right? The, the little wooden golf things. They're at, if, if you've ever in America been to a Cracker Barrel, they put them on all the tables. Uh, that was one, uh, my grandma was always into. She always had one, so whenever I visited, I was always play with it. And I figured that one out. There's basically, there's a set number of holes, and the golf tees, there's one less of. So you basically have to play checkers every time you jump over, you jump one, uh, tee over another one, then the one that gets jumped over gets removed, so you have to get it down to the last one, and that is how you win that puzzle. I had it down. I remembered. I had it down. I practiced, and I remembered the sequence to get it down to one every single time, which I suppose at that point the puzzle becomes not fun anymore because you beat it. Um, I had that down to a memory, and I forgot. There was a distinct series of jumps that I had down to memory. Of course, it only worked. <laughs> it only worked if the central bottom spot was open. Like that's how you started. Uh, so if that deviated any, then I didn't. I was unable to uh, to solve it. But uh, yeah, I had that down. That was a, that was that's a that's a very simple puzzle to have and solve. I don't know if that has any specific name or anything like that for that puzzle. But that, that's I suppose as close as I've gotten to having any sort of serious interests in those types of kind of fiddly fiddly puzzles you know like in your spare time while you're waiting for your uh, while you're waiting for your waiter uh, at the restaurant or whatever those type of puzzles but otherwise no not not into the rubik's cubes or those sort of things at all just never got into it never got into it indeed Uh, let's see here. Kind of running out of time. Um, here's here's one. This is actually a donation we just got, but it's a short question, so I'll ask. I'll I, I'll ask it. Izzy asks, "What is your opinion of charity door-to-door salespeople?" I don't like door-to-door -door anybody. <laughs> it's it's one thing that I have a panic attack anytime my phone rings to have to talk to somebody on the phone or I have to call somebody on the phone. Uh, it's another thing to be suddenly surprised by the presence of another human being 
in person at your door. So I never answer the door. <laughs> um, unless it's, I'm, like, expecting somebody. So, yeah, I would not condone door-to-door -door salespeople. And that goes even to the extent of... Speaking of, like, charities that may or may not be legit and take advantage of people, those... I remember... this. I don't know if this is a distinctly American thing or not, but in elementary school... You had to do the, 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 the gift wrapping, the Christmas wrapping, and or the magazine subscription sales door-to-door -door that, ooh, it, you know, sell this many and you get a, this sort of thing that you can exchange for, for this. Uh, and it becomes kind of a competition between everybody in your class. And, and usually people's parents bring the order form into their, their works and guilt their coworkers into buying magazine subscriptions for their kids' school. And, like, supposedly, supposedly... A certain amount of those sales goes to fund the school's supplies or, or something like that. But you know, you just know that these companies, these companies are making a huge profit. Again, they're having little children sell their products, sell their wrapping paper, sell their magazines for free. They have a free workforce in exchange for supposedly helping out the school a little bit. And they're making money hand over fist because they don't have to pay employees because they're little children for free. <laughs> oh, it seems like such a scam. And I wonder, does that stuff still happen? Is that still going on? Why is that stuff still going on? That just seems not good at all. It, it seems like not a good lesson to be teaching our children. You have to work for free because this, this uh, authority figure tells you to. You know, like, it's, they kind of frame it as like, ooh, a lesson in, in having a job or something like that for a third grader. But no, 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 no. Well, although I suppose, cynically speaking, it is, it is very similar to having an actual job. Get paid barely anything, get no benefits. Capitalism, everybody. <laughs> it's a lesson in capitalism. Oh, man. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays, Wolfie. Oh, boy. Uh, but yeah, no, similarly, like, door to... I haven't had much experience with, like, door-to-door -door charity people. I think most charity should be voluntary and not, like, a compulsory thing, which is why, even though, yeah, it's been a long time... It's been a long time since we've reached a charity goal here in Far Lands of Bust. It's slowing down quite a significant amount and it's a little bit it's a little bit uh, discouraging on, on my front if I can let you know it's not something I'm shoving in front of anybody's faces I'm not making a bunch of tweets oh I just made a bunch of boats accidentally I guess we gotta do a lot of boning in the next episode uh, it's not something I'm going to Twitter oh god we need to raise more money or, or here or that or the other uh, that's probably a lot more to do with my personality than, than anything else um, yeah, it should be like, I would like to give it to a charity. Perhaps you do the research on the charity to make sure they don't this, that, or the other. Uh, you decide, this is how much I want to give, this is how much I can give. Get get a little something out of it, maybe, and your your question answered. In, in your favorite YouTube series, right? This is your favorite YouTube series. <laughs> and and get on with it, you know, not have it shoved in front of your face or guilted into it or, or whatever. Uh, so yeah, in case... In case that fits the bill for your uh, charity pr pr provisions. 
You can head on over to farlandsandbus.com to donate to Child's Play Charity. And uh, I appreciate that. And, and above and beyond that, I appreciate you watching this episode of Farlands and Busts. My name is Kurt. I will see you next time. Merry Christmas, everybody. How would you like to die? <laughs>